All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and a great song oh. talking about ground control. We're actually going to be talking about flood control this morning. Excellent and, uh, segue. Excellent yeah, segue, yeah. Vaughn Palmer. Nicely done. <laughs> so, Simi, it's been two years since the Nooksack River in Washington State spilled over the border into the Fraser Valley and flooded everything in sight. A horrible, horrible thing. And in the wake of that, uh, governments on both sides of the border agreed uh, they need to get together and talk about this, talking about it for decades. But anyway, there's an urgency when that river floods. Uh, it floods into Canada because the land slopes downhill in the Fraser Valley. So they announced last week, Friday, BC government announced, hey, we've got an agreement signed by the Premier of British Columbia, signed by the governor of Washington State, local leaders, we're going to finally deal with this thing. Simi, I'm indebted to my colleague, Gore Hoekstra at Vancouver Sun. Story in the paper today, he's actually read the agreement and he says, hmm, you know, good intentions, but there are no timelines on when all of this is to take happen, or even what is going to happen. And even more important, no consensus or agreement on who's going to pay for this. It sounds like they're going to talk about it for another four years. Uh, wasn't the problem already that we had the flooding because we yeah. had been talking about it for so many years and nothing had been done? Yeah, uh, the fundamental challenge slash problem here is, as I say, the Nooksack floods. And when it floods, some of the flooding happens in Washington state. But an awful lot of the water spills across the border and into Canada. So any agreement, any how do we deal with this agreement, is going to have to contain the water, presumably with diking, on the American side to keep the river from flooding into Canada. But, you know, the water is still going to go somewhere. So is it going to increase flooding on the Washington state side? Uh, is it going to increase flooding downstream in Washington state? All of the benefit of any agreement is going to be in Canada, and the additional pain is probably going to be in Washington state. Of course, there are environmental issues, local residency issues, all sorts of other things. It's very complicated, but the fundamental problem is and, and this revolves around what's the plan and who pays for it, is Canada gets the benefit and additional pain happens in Washington state. And that is a very difficult issue to discuss in any cross-border agreement. Okay. Now, isn't this a, a bigger issue here, Vaughn? It's not just like the Nooksack River that we're talking about here, because isn't the Columbia River Treaty also up for discussion right now? It is, you know, and I've often thought the model on this, Canadians don't much like to hear this, but the model on this is the deal that was negotiated in the 1950s and signed in the 1960s on the Columbia River Treaty, because there the problem was the reverse. Huge runoff from the Columbia River into Washington State and horrible flooding, mostly in Washington State. 
There's a whole city in Oregon, uh, Vanport, that was flooded out in 1948 and never recovered, never came back. So, you know, the Americans and the Canadians talked about this and the treaty, the fundamentals of the treaty was the storage dams were built in Canada to hold back the water and spill it out slowly. And the Americans held, helped pay for the dam. If you applied that principle in the talks on the Nooksack, Canadians should pay for a lot of the flood control work in Washington state. That wouldn't end the complications uh, involving environmental concerns and dikes and where to put them and all that. But it strikes me that the principle that was applied on the Columbia River, where the Americans paid for the flood control that was done in Canada, if you flip that around, you go, well, maybe Canada should be paying for the flood control on the Nooksack because we're going to get most of the benefit. Okay, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, and the Columbia River Treaty talks, which you mentioned, are ongoing. Uh, Canada gave uh, notice that uh, it wants to reopen the treaty, and the Americans are talking about it as well. Uh, that treaty is very old, long, long time ago. A lot of environmental and indigenous issues that were just not even thought about back in the 1960s. So it does need renewal. But we get uh, the trade-off semi on the dams was that the Americans helped pay for them up front and we built the dams. Uh, but we also got a share, Canada got a share done through BC Hydro of the additional electricity that was generated in the United States because the water was spilled out slowly. And the Americans say, look, we paid for the dams and you don't really need, there's not really a good case for you to get that uh, power anymore. Um, generates a fair amount of revenue in a good year. Uh, for BC Hydro because we resell it in the United States. So they've, but they've also disagreed. There's a whole talk, Simi, about restoring the fish runs on the Columbia River. Uh, there is indigenous issues, transportation issues, environmental issues. Uh, the talks, I gather, are going fairly well, but I think that both sides are still a long way from agreement because the interests on both sides of the border are fundamentally different. And yet, you know, we're going to have this problem again and we're going to wonder what we've been talking about all on the, this time. I agree on the Nooksack. Uh, I read Gord Hoekstra's story in The Sun today. And I mean, I saw the press release in the government's last week. Everybody said, oh, this is a great step forward. I'm sure it is a great step forward. But it took them two years to get to this point, And they still haven't agreed what the plan is. They still haven't agreed when the plan is going to be implemented. And they still haven't agreed on who's going to pay for it. That to me is nice like try, nice start, but man, are we still a long way from settling that problem. All right, we are back with Vaughn Palmer. Now we're talking about things that have been going on in question period this week, and things got a little testy in the back and front. And like normally there is that that goes on, but it feels like it got a little personal this week, Vaughn. Yeah, it got very personal. Now, a bit of context, the legislature is debating the government's legislation that's aimed at cracking down on short-term rentals. And government brought in that legislation to deal with a real problem out there, which is uh, a large number of people that have put large number of units into short-term rentals for Airbnb, and thus they're not available to the rental housing market. And the government says it wants to reduce that, and it's brought in legislation to do that. Uh, we also know, however, that when the government uh, sets off to do such ambitious things, there can be collateral damage. And we've already heard 
there are going to be problems with vacation rentals and the tourism market because visitors to British Columbia and Vancouver stay in Airbnb for good reasons. The hotels are expensive and there's a shortage of them. Downtown isn't as safe as it used to be. Airbnbs are nice. They're in good neighborhoods. And that's why people go there. There's a real demand for it. So the opposition is doing what the opposition does, right? Uh, Wise governments know that debate on legislation can identify problems you didn't intend. And the opposition has introduced some amendments. The NDP response is, all you're trying to do is enrich your developer friends. You're trying to create loopholes that will uh, prevent this problem from being solved. So, you know, in that context where the government refuses to take any of these concerns seriously, the opposition has been fighting back. Unfortunately, <laughs> they've gotten very personal. So meet David Eby, the Airbnb condo king. The opposition, BC United, dug out that David Eby sold the condo and made a $100,000 profit on the sale, which, you know, is not that much in this market. It happened a while ago. Yeah, it was like five years ago, I think, wasn't it? It Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And they point out that the realtor who listed the property for sale said, hey, this is great for the vacation market. Well, of course you did. It wasn't illegal to do that. And frankly, that would increase the value of the condo. EB pushed back the uh, NDP House leader, Ravi Kalon, pushed back and said, look, David EB never rented his place out when he owned it for Airbnb. And no one is really accountable for the legal uses that the person who buys your place puts them to, right? So it's, it's not a fair charge. And it's also, as you said, Simi, personalizing the thing and... You know, frankly, I think the government should listen to its critics about problems in this bill. And frankly, I think the opposition should make its points without demonizing the other side of the house as well. I don't know, Vaughn. That sounds too reasonable. (laughs) Okay. So we got the pushback, right? (laughs) Yes. So so episode two of this ridiculous drama, uh, the New Democrats, uh, we get up in the house yesterday during question period and the liberals... uh, party that used to be known as that, BC United, come in and they start trying to ask questions to the condo king. And the speaker, who does try hard to maintain decorum, says, look, let's not have that name calling in there. We're not going to allow that, right? Yeah. Never mind what used to happen in the past and all the name calling in the past. We're not going to do that. Okay, fair enough. And the New Democrats do a pushback by press release too. So meet Million Dollar Mike. Uh, The government has a research department as well, and they have dirt on the other side. And their government pointed out by press release yesterday that BC United MLA Mike DeYoung from the Fraser Valley sold uh, seven properties for a million dollars or a million dollar gain uh, a while back. So, you know, if you're going to get into this personalizing stuff, let's remember the other side can do the same thing. Why don't both sides just shut up and debate the merits of the legislation? But there you go, Simi. I'm talking about the personal stuff. So, you know, great grist for the mill, but I don't think it added any enlightenment to the 
potential problems down the road with the government's short-term rental legislation. Well, this all seems like a distraction, right? Like that, yeah. that's, that, that is the problem here, because you're right. There are legitimate issues that need to be raised, particularly on the tourism side of things, uh, and this doesn't accomplish any of that. Yeah. And, you know, when the government won't listen to reasonable objections to its legislation, and when it says, now nah, you're only just trying to profit the developers, um, what's going to happen is the government has the votes, the legislation will pass, and I predict that a year from now or so, we'll be reporting on the problems with the legislation, the squawking from the tourism industry, yes. that people are not coming and staying here because they can't find an Airbnb anymore. Yes, I feel like we will be. Okay, so we'll just have to wait for that one. Now, Vaughn, tomorrow I'm going to be in Victoria. You're, we're going to actually sit together and do this segment, right? Yeah, we're going to be in the haunted bunker in the basement that is normally occupied by Mike D, uh, Mike Smith. Smith and various ghosts <laughs> in the legislature building. Is it? Uh, down near the dungeon down there. And, uh, Don't tell me you that. Know, we might hear the ghost of Amorta Cosmos dragging his chains <laughs> through the attic. In the Lots to talk about. Uh, get your hand on the technology, Simi. You're not going to get any help from me on how to make that ridiculous uh, apparatus in that room work. <laughs> it's okay. Mike's going to show up and help me with that good. early. Like, good man, five o'clock in the morning, he's going to help me do that. Great. So. Good for him. Haunted. I did, you didn't tell me that. Maybe I should have taken the day off. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. I look forward okay. to seeing you in person. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.